hey, hey, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> I'm holding on, I'm holding on, I'm holding on. It's a zoom, fast forward, 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 forward. It's, it is truly the race of faith, but it's not so much me running, it's him running it through me and me, me, me keeping on and keeping on to life and not letting go of life, not letting go of this, oh, of this intensity and this power and this dominion that we have in Christ. And so it's a good day today. It's a good day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And uh, the Lord is so gracious to lead us into this message, in this message, message really of life. Life, life that is from above, life that is the highest life anyone can live here on earth from above. And I do have a title he gave me. Actually, it was pretty much as soon as I woke up, it made me very happy, very happy, because he gave me a title at Wake Up Again, and um, it is Take Up to Bring Down. Mm -mm. <laughs> Take Up to Bring Down. Take Up to Bring Down, and uh, we would travel in similar fashion, uh, in similar fashion with the lead of the Holy Spirit, and so I'm really, I have a, a lot a, a lot of a, a lot of thoughts that the Lord has been infusing and and and, and just uh, stewing within me that it's it's making me like oh let me breathe God let me breathe and and He's saying no you breathe me in and out Desi breathe me and don't ever let me go Desi and so this is it I'm holding on I'm holding on on this course that he has charted for this day and really all eternity there's a plan that's being worked out and so take up to bring down take up to bring down we finished last sunday's message which was to be his image to be his image and really this is what we we're called to be we're called to be uh, pure replications of the Lord Jesus Christ, not a, a mere gong, a mere shadow of something and waiting on someone to do something for us, but we are it. We are the ones in this hour that, that uh, to cause a shift in the spirit, to bring forth a resolution to all conflict, to bring forth an establishment of glory, an embankment of God here on earth through us to be able to move forward the plans of God, the agendas of God for this hour, for it is His hour. And doesn't matter what it looks like, what they say, what they don't say. I don't care because we know they're being played. They're being played in the very hands of God right here, right here, right now. And so we have a great confidence because we're called to be and to bear his image. We're called to be as he is. And so we finish with Ephesians 6, and I'll start today this message, take up to bring down. Take up to bring down. Let's go to Ephesians 6, 10. And as I touched base, uh, as I, uh, just briefly, I looked into this last week at the end, at the wrap up of last week's message that really this chapter six is pretty phenomenal, phenomenal because it really talks about submission, children to parents and then bond servants to masters. And then we come into picking up that cross of Christ, really picking on the armor, the armor of light, picking up the armor of God, which is all the same. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up. The Lord Jesus Christ, you're picking up the very armor of God. You're picking up the armor of light. And so submission and humility is how you come into this pickup. And so you're laying down an old way to be able to manifest the higher way. 
In um, Ephesians 6.10, we start, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Look at this. He's instructing us to be strong. And how often we pray, God, make me strong, please, please, God. I'm so weak, 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 God. Make me strong, 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 God. God says, be strong now. Be strong now in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because who, whose are you and, and who are you who dwells in you? The resurrector lives in you. Be strong now in the power of resurrection, in the power of his might. Be strengthened today in your inner man by faith that Christ may fully have an expression of life through you and I. Be strong today. Come on, be strong strong today. Today you and I make a marked distinction and a marked resolute decision that I am strong and I don't care what it feels like. At some point in life we have to come to the reality. It doesn't matter what it feels like. (laughs) We're so quick to dish it out to brother or sister going through a hard time. Come on, we'll say to them, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Well, it's time that you and I leave that message we want to give to someone else. It doesn't matter what it looks like. When was the last time God was moved by what it looked like? Jesus would have never come. He came in a moment where there was like, was it 400 years between the Old Testament and New Testament with no word given from God? Pure darkness. Waywardness. God wasn't moved. That's who our God is. Just like if we go back to Genesis 1, was God moved by the darkness and the chaos that Satan had placed on the earth? Because he was cast down, was God moved? No, he wasn't moved. If anything, it's the perfect setup for a demonstration of power, for a demonstration of light in pure darkness. Because God is God. And no man shall know that he is the Lord God. The creator of heaven and earth. And so in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. A verse right after, before that verse finishes. Before we even get into the next verse. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth. God was unmoved. Because he had a plan that was about to be laid out on earth through his word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was the first three verses of the Bible. In, in pure darkness, God spoke and light was. And that's what we see. He, he tells, Paul tells the Corinthians in similar fashion. Let's find Corinthians since God is already beyond my notes. My notes that I believe he gave me this morning. But I'll still use a part of it. I know I will. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. About not being disheartening. Chapter 4 starts with, therefore, since we have this ministry as the ministry of the Spirit, 
This work of transformation of the Holy Spirit. They were being transformed from glory to glory, really to be conformed to the image of Christ. He says, verse uh, chapter 4, 1, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Be strong today. Never give up. The New Living, I believe, uh, uh, reads on this verse. Never give up. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in the craftness, nor the handling, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. All we do, we do before the Lord. Everything we do, we do before the Lord. What does Paul says? Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. God knows and you know. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, those whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So they're hiding because they don't want to see light. They like darkness. Verse 5, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord in ourselves, you bond servants for Jesus' sake. Here it is, verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine way out of darkness. Who is our God? Just because your moment looks like it's dark. That's why I'm reading these verses. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what you think in your carnal mind it's supposed to look like. God says it's never hopeless in him. God says, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts, because of course we know we walked in darkness before, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so we are commending ourselves. What did we just read here? To every man's conscience in the sight of God. It, it, because it is, it is where? In the face of Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus Christ, who is the light of man and came in pitch darkness into this world, totally unmoved with, with a mind of God to unveil truth once again, to shift the atmosphere and to rebuke darkness so that his man will have this light of revelation in the midst of darkness. Dominion. And now we're after him. We're after the one who's so moved. The only thing that moves the hand of God is his mind that is really declaring his plans. There is a plan that's working and it's for glory. It is for glory every moment of our life. And you know, there are moments when I sit and I, I, I'm just so mesmerized by the working of God in my own private life. Even when I did not know him, even when I could care less 
it, you're not. He was right there shaping me and molding me for even right now. And right now I know is a shaping and a molding for what he's got in store down the road. Yield to his mercy. Yield to his love. But above all, yield to his light. Yield to the truth of the word of God. Don't be shady in your workings. Don't be shady and, and, and hide in darkness. Don't pretend and cower and refuse then to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then want to go and, 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 and have someone else again lay hands on me, pray for me. I'm, I'm really weak. What weakened you? It's how I speak to myself. <laughs> My husband used to say to me, honey, if you speak to people out there the way you speak here, no one, no one, no one would want to be your buddy. Yeah, that's the truth. You know why? Do you know why? Because the word is true to me. And I can't tiptoe around. I can't play around with truth. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will give an account for how I live life in this body. And I wanna, I, I wanna live a life that is, that is, that is, that is to the best of the revelation that He's given to me. Walking out His plan and purpose. Doesn't matter what I feel like. Uh, there's still Sundays I wake up like, oh, where can I go to church today? <laughs> and hear someone else preach. And before that thought goes too far, too far ahead of me, here comes a title. For a message, I'm like, all right, yes, yes, okay, we set up the lights again, we set up the camera again. I just gave you a preview of my outer man. That I have to, as you do, put down. So, I have a message, it's <laughs> take up to bring down, and this is all part of it. So we read to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Verse 11 in Hebrew, in, in, sorry, in Ephesians 6. Put on. That word put on is endure. It's part, it's, it's, it's part of the word endure. It is to clothe like a, like a mantle. Put on the whole armor of God. And we know that there are many pieces to this armor and each piece we're to rope on. To put on, to dress in. Just, just as a centurion soldier would have to put that armor before battle. We are in a constant state of battle. Wake up cold right now. You are in a war, a spiritual war, not with your spouse, not with your kids, not with your grandbabies, not with your neighbor, not with, ah, just down the list you can go. Your mama, your dad, I don't know. Your pastor, I don't know. No. You're in a spiritual war, and this warfare is a sign to destroy you. And so today, there is a commissioning. There is a reminder again, be strong in the Lord and dress up in the armor that he has given you. And we're going to find out how to do that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, stand against the wiles, which is schemes, the plannings of the devil. He's going to plan. It's not, not to build you up. And it's amazing how we'll trust Satan's plans more than we'll trust God's plan. 
I wonder what God has planned for me. Maybe it's to send me somewhere so I can die a martyr for him. I don't know what the plan of God is, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what it is. It's a good plan that you fully enjoy. And the way you enjoy is because they'll be putting down of an old man so he can put on the new man, to put on this armor of God. And we have such confidence in the schemes of the devil. I'm being destroyed. I'm being destroyed. My family is devoured. My family is devoured. No, it's not. I'm saucy. No, it's not. We are letting things go too far. I speak it to myself. We have the rays of the Spirit. We have the name of Jesus. But what happens is we get so caught up in the care of the moment. And we have an adversary always bombarding us with thoughts to put confidence in himself. And we don't give the devil any confidence today. It's coming to not every assignment, every scheme, every while the devil comes not in my household, in your household, in my mind, in your mind. We today are strong in the Lord. We're putting on the whole armor, that helmet of salvation and extinguishing every fiery dart with that shield of faith. And we're saying, no devil, you will not prosper. The only thing will prosper in my life is the very word of God. If God be for me, who can be against me? We will bring down one and going to put up the word of God strong today because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers against rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places and that's a study of itself these are real entities real more real than the one you hear right now speaking more real than you seeing me on that screen. Real. Real. Rulers of the darkness of this age. What is influencing your local politics? What is influencing world politics? You have a say-so in Christ. What is influencing your backyard, your front yard, your local school, your school board? What, 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 what is influencing? Or are we just meant to spectate and just gossip and, and, and wring on our head? It's too far gone. It's too far gone. Jesus, you better come now. I can't handle it. It's too far gone. It's not too far gone. It's an hour of glory divine. We, we will reckon ourselves strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put down the weak flesh of ours. Therefore, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Here we go. Take up to bring down. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now that sounds like dominion. After I've made my stand, I'm going to continue to stand. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing more intimidating to your devil that wants to play around, not yours in turn, but the, the assignment of the devil that he's placed against you. His plans in your life. 
find that position in Christ to maintain it now. Oh, I love that. So many years I was before the Lord. Lord, show me how to continue to walk in you. Show me what it looks like to maintain that which you've given to me, Lord. And to grow from here. Show me, Lord. I'll tell you what the message and the, the lesson there was. Pick up the cross of Christ. Strength is only found in your spirit, man. Strength is only found in the newness of your life. Not in your wishful thinking. Not that maybe tomorrow will be a better day. Maybe because sister so-and-so, she's such a prayer warrior, she's going to pray for you. She's picked a pure case before God, the courts of heaven. I can stand and I do stand right before my father. Holy, unashamed, fully vindicated by the blood of Christ with a pure conscience knowing that he is for me and he lives in me, in me, in me. I think I'm speaking this message to myself as well. Take up, he said, after, after he mentioned that we're wrestling against wiles of the devil, that there's powers and principalities, wicked spirits, wicked spirits, rulers of darkness. He after says, therefore, because of this, because of this, take up the whole armor of God. And so I want to look at the word take up. And the purpose for that taking up is that you be able to withstand. So, you know, if you're not withstanding, you haven't taken up the armor. You just haven't. Oh, I did this morning. I went through a routine. Not just this morning, every moment, we're mindful of our placement in Christ. That we have a, a rope of righteousness that we wear constantly. Not just in the morning, not just in the noon hour, not before we go to bed. Every moment, because I'm in Christ, I'm roped with righteousness. Rope with dominion. It's on you if you're in Christ. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. The Strong's, the Greek word for take up is um, 353. And the Lombano, to take up, to raise. I take up, I raise, I pick up. I take on board, I carry off. And so we do it. We take up, we raise up, we put on the armor of God. It is to take, the, the, the usage of this word is to take up, to raise, and it is in order to carry or use it in order to carry or use it. And so we are to be constantly carrying the armor and using it because it's constantly that we're being assaulted to be destroyed. And that's why we have to learn to withstand all. Once we put it on, 
Keep on putting it on. Keep on being mindful. It's on, it's on, it's on, it's on. Just because there was a little kink in the road, the little unexpected moment, I'm telling you, a lot of unexpected things have been happening in my life for long moments. So what? I have an expected arm I'm always wearing, expecting it to work, and it is working, and it is working, and I'm able to withstand and to stand in the evil day. After he says, you've done all, you continue to stand. No reprieve when I get to put it down. Why would you put it down? Because you want to flesh out. You just want to flesh out. Uh, last night I wanted to flesh out too. I took myself by the scruff of my little neck. I'm like, okay, you go over there in the prayer chair, Desi. Hush now. We have to be mindful that we live life before God. And not just before God, but there is an assailing of wicked schemes against us. Do you not see the great falling away that's happening in the body of Christ right now? How can it be? Well, some have decided that this armor can be put down for a little while. Wicked schemes got to working on someone's mind to deceive. And we got it now just because we walked and we know the verses and we've walked with the Lord for many years and we, we parrot so many verses so we know it all. We know it all. The most dangerous thing is when you put to memory the word of God and you sit, you sit and you, you gloat how much you know. I know nothing. Unless he shows it to me. Nothing. Because I have to take up. I have to keep on taking up. I have to keep on taking up this, this armor. And keep withstanding. And after I've done all to keep standing. So I can bring down. Bring down what? Let's go now. To Second Corinthians. You know where I'm going to go. You know where I'm going to go. Where maybe you spend a lot of time yourself. Second Corinthians 10. Verse 3. Remember what we read in Ephesians? That we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? But there's wiles of the devil that are stout against us? That's why Paul tells here the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Oh, come on, Desi. Yeah, yeah. This is very real to me. Very real. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. That's it. Take up the whole armor of God so you can bring down, to pull down these strongholds of wrong thought, of comfort zones. 
that we know, okay, okay, the five steps of faith are, okay, my way to healing is this. Okay, if I need this, I gotta go to that verse. How about you pause? And you reflect on the state of your mind. And take inventory of what you've allowed to infiltrate your understanding of the Word of God. And start bringing down everything that's not lining up with truth. That you are a living sacrifice. That you are to live life honorably before Him. That you are living life before Him. That you will give an account. And so we're to pull down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What? What? I thought Jesus was going to do that for me. No, he says, you bring it down. The way he says, you be strong. The way he says, you put on the whole armor of God. He says to you and I, bring down. These strongholds. Oh, I can't do it. Yes, we can do it. It's no longer the old man who knows nothing. It's the Christ man in us who's what? Made in the very image of holiness. The very image of God. Matthew 16. Let's go back to Matthew 16. Twenty-four. Jesus said to his disciples, we know what he said in this context here, right? If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Here we go. Take up his cross, where to take up the cross and follow, he says, follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. He got to bring that old life down. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So here we see it again. We have to take up the cross of Christ, which is really the new man we're talking about. That the old man is reckoned dead by the cross of Christ. That the old man has to be put down. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? Living in those strongholds of the world and loses his own soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Nothing. And he says his reward is coming with him. Because all that we do, we do unto him. The, um, that verse that in Matthew, where it says, take up his cross, the strongs reads, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny, that word deny is to utterly deny, to disown, abstain. He must deny himself, abstain from himself, utterly deny himself, totally disown him, disown your old self, not an identity anymore. Oh my. 
What does that look like? No longer I. Dissolve his own self and take up his cross. Take up his cross. We all have a cross to bear. And that word take is to raise, to lift up, to take away, to remove. And I like the usages, the usages of this word to take up his cross. Uh, the one is to raise up. It is to raise from the ground to take up. You see, we, we are really taking up our life from the dusty place. The cross of Christ represents the curse that he bore for us. That on that cross he became a curse. For the one that dies on the tree is the one that, that is labeled accursed. And so when we take on this cross, we pick it up from the ground. It's almost like we are recognizing the old man. The old man of the ground is made dead by, by that curse, that, that the cross that carried the curse. So that now I can walk as a free woman, a woman of the spirit or a man of the spirit. It is the true identity of a fallen and perfect separation when you pick up from the ground this cross. That he became man. He came to the ground to bear our sin. That really blessed me. To raise from the ground, to take up. Another form of, of this raising up is to raise upward, to elevate, to lift up. Lift up Jesus. Lift up that which he's done for you on the cross. You're having a hard day. Remember again, lift up the thoughts of what he has done for you. How you were a sinner, hell bound. Lift up that cross of Christ where he died. He died for you. Are you dealing with condemnation, with unforgiveness? Lift up that cross of Christ again. This is how you're putting on the armor of God. You're bringing to remembrance what he's done for you. It's the shield of faith. You believe what he's done. Raise it up from the ground up. And that's how you set your gaze up above where he is. Elevate your gaze today. Take up your gaze high so you can bring down the lower. Take up to bring down. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the whole armor of God to bring down the strongholds. Take up the cross of Christ to bring down the old man. The one made of dust. The one that belongs to the ground. Another usage of this to raise up, to take up the cross is to draw up. I love that. To draw up. Uh, it's used in Acts 27, 17. Anchors from the bottom of the sea. Oh. That we're no longer anchored to the bottom of the sea, but we're lifted up. Unhooked from the bottom. To take another usage is take upon oneself and carry what has been raised to bear. He did it and he's enabling us now. He raised it up so we can bear it. The Holy Spirit is enabling us to do this. You might want to look, I, I don't want but uh, it's just so, so, I love it. I love every definition of this word. Um, 142 error to take up. 
and you can look it up in the strong concordance yourself. But we have to take up his cross and to follow him. And that's what it looks like to take up so he can bring down the old man that doesn't want to follow him. Let's go to, since we're in Matthew, in Matthew 11, just a few pages before here. What does it look like to, to take up his cross? Is take up his burden so you can drop down your burden. Matthew 11, you know where we're going to go here, right? Verse 28, come to me, he says, the master, the very one that says, come and follow me. Follow me. How do we follow him? By reckoning an old man dead. By elevating what he has done for us. Come to me, all you who labor, who have tried and tried and tried, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he says. Take my yoke, take up that cross. Take my yoke, he says, upon you and learn from me, for I am, I am, let's start again. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. You see, you see, when we take and we pick up this cross, when we put on the whole armor of God, this is where we start learning from him. The transformation process of the Holy Spirit. The transformation process of the Holy Spirit. Layer upon layer. Here little, there little. Precept upon precept. From glory to glory. We are learning of him. We are beholding him as the mirror. So that we can be transformed by that which we learn from our teacher. You want to be transformed? You want to resemble him more? You want to be a better replicate of him? Pick up the cross. Take up the yoke. Put on the whole armor of God. You can't put the armor of God on your flesh. The flesh is the armor of Satan that he trusts in. The two don't go together. You got to put down the one to be able to walk in the other. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, that is humble in heart. And you find rest for your souls, your mind, your will and emotions, where really the storms assail us in our minds and our will and our emotions. For my yoke is easy and my burden, and my burden is light. Because if you do not do this, let's go to Mark. Remember, we don't fight flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But there are schemes that are evil. In, in, in Mark 4, we see it in the sower. That tells the word, the parable of the sower. The explanation of it. Mark 4, 13. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And the first thing that he'll hit is here. Look, the first point of explanation is that first ground. It's the most treacherous place, really. 
The sower sows the words. That's Jesus sowing his words by the power of the Holy Spirit. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, when they hear his word, Satan comes immediately. He comes immediately. Now, full for yourself, as soon as you finish this message, if you've heard the word of God in this message, which you, ha- you are hearing the word of God, Satan comes immediately and takes away, takes away the word that was sown in their heart. And so in actually in, um, in Luke 8, he goes further. I do have a, I'll just read that myself if you don't. In Luke 8, I think, is it 12? Yeah, so we just read in Mark 4, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear Satan, when they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. This is one of the schemes of the devil right here, very clear. In, in the same parable explained by Jesus in Luke 7 is verse, verse 12. Those by the wayside, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, they hear the word, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Why? Lest they believe and be saved. Lest they believe and be saved because we know faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. And when you hear the word and you believe the word, salvation happens in every area of your life. And that's why we see that you're falling away because many in, in our local churches, many were just mere hearers, not doers of the word. Because as soon as they heard, they thought they knew it. And there was Satan with no understanding they had. Satan came and stole the word from them. Lest they believe and be saved. So if we refuse to take up, that which he tells us to take up, the cross of Christ, to carry his burden, which is light, to trust him, to enter into his rest by faith, to believe that which he tells us, to put on the whole armor of God, then we are susceptible and wide open to the devourer of the devil. These schemes these schemes of Satan, we have no resistance against. We can't withstand him on, on our own. That's why he says, take up the whole armor of God and withstand these schemes. Withstand the devil in the evil day. And after you've done all, you keep on standing. We are in the last days. Highly contended hour. Highly contended, great robbery happening right now. A robbery of what? Of the word of God. But we're not to fear because we know God's greater. But let us not be found in those ones that self-disqualify by refusing to comply with his instruction. Because there's a purpose for all of this. The purpose is that there is a great a great working of the spirit that he wants to do through us in, um, we were in Luke, right? So we were in Luke. Yeah. In, um, the shrunk cloth. Where was that? Took a note of it this morning. In Mark, in Mark, let's go to Mark. Since we're in the gospels, it's not too far away. 
the outpouring of his spirit through us. The outpouring of his spirit through us. His glory hour. Back to Mark, but this time in chapter 2. About, about the fasted lifestyle. And when we read that, that directly, of course, deals with food. But there's no better way to fast your flesh than fasting food. But I take across everything. Whenever I want to flesh out, no, I fast that. I fast arrogance. I fast selfishness. Mark 2. Okay. Mm. Jesus' question about fasting. Verse 18. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said, how comes you not like us, Jesus? Uh, Jesus said to them, uh, can the, the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Verse 20, though. But the days, the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. And then not they might fast, they will fast in those days. No one, this is the purpose. This is the purpose also why? Because you see, through the cross, there is a fasting, a crucifixion, a, a mortification of a flesh that wants to embellish itself, wants to become fat. And fully satisfied. But the cross is really, is that fasted lifestyle. No longer that old man is allowed to have a voice in my life. And that's why I always pair it with this verse here. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth. We got to be shrunk. We got to be shrunk. Like John uh, the Baptist said, I must decrease. So he can increase. The old way has to decrease and die off with our lives. So that the new way of Christ be seen alone. To be the perfect image representation of him on earth. For the unveiling of the sons of glory. To bring forth a manifestation, a demonstration of the power of God. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. The body of Christ. Or else the new piece pulls away. I want my own way. I want my own way. I want my own way. I want to teach. I want to teach. I don't want to be taught. I want to teach. Everyone wants a ministry. And we all need to undergo the shrinking process. Or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. You see, many it's us, ourselves, doing it to the body of Christ. And we're blaming Satan so crafty, so crafty. No, he just lets us to our own devices that he's planted in us in the flesh. He has confidence in this flesh of ours. Like I said, it's his armor that he trusts in. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else 
or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine, new wine, we're coming in, this is the hour of the new wine, new wine, into an old wine skin. Old methodologies, old doctrines that really are man-made religions that really are, are the word says, doctrines of, of demons. Or else the new wine bursts the wine skins and the wine is spilled and the wine skins are ruined. The vessel is ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. These are the words of Jesus. New wine, new wine must be, just like he said, when the bridegroom is taken away from, they will fast so that the new wine will be put in new wine skins. Therefore, the mind renewal, the transformation that we talked about. I know it all sounds the same, but we gotta do it. We gotta do it. This is the message for the hour. The new wine must be poured in new wineskins. It's in the new man. It's in the Christ man that we dwell and have our move and have our being. We give him expression alone. Because that which has been entrusted to us will be taken away. Let's go to the parable. Maybe we'll wrap it up with the parable of the talents back, back in Matthew. We might just be in the Gospels today. Mostly. Matthew 24. This is very dear to me. Matthew 24. Parable of the talents. Don't give up. Allow him to bring forth this transformation. Don't give up. Don't give up. Matthew 24. Where, where do we start? Twenty-four. Which one is it? Twenty-five, sorry. That's right. Let's go to fourteen, Matthew twenty-five. Fourteen. We'll touch a few verses and we'll come to the end to verse 29 is where I'm really going for. The parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Right about the bridegroom, right? He'll depart, right? He'll leave. He'll be taken away from them. Like a, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. We know we read from Matthew 10 in terms of the, the disciples, what he did, he gave them power when he sent them out. And of course, he's done the same for us before his departure from earth. He's, he's given us power. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And uh, to one, he gave five talents to another two, and to another one. To each according, I love this, and I have it underlined here, to each according to his own ability, the Lord knows what you can handle, and he wouldn't give you more than you can handle. And immediately he went on a journey, which means you do not have an excuse for not cultivating that which is given to you. And so he went away, 
verse 18. So then, okay, I'll just continue reading. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground. Remember, we had to pick it up from the ground, lift up the cross of Christ. And when we looked at that word to, to take up the cross, it was to pick it up from the ground, to raise it up, to elevate it. So this one, he dug it in the ground. Could it be he buried in his flesh? His, his flesh got so big, covered the gift of God. He buried it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Hmm. After a long time, the Lord, after a long time, a lot of time to repent, a lot of time, great opportunity to shift, to change your mind, to come back to him, to unbury that gift. The Holy Spirit would have been working on that man's conscience, convicting him. Only one talent, but only one. You can do it. You can do it. I'm sure he would have sent encouragement to him, fortification through his local church, uh, messages from his pastor. Her pastor had received the one, the received the one, went and dug in the ground. And we know that he could have, he could have made it prosper because it was according to their own ability that Jesus gave to them. And he, no, 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 he, he made a decision. He's going to bury it in the ground. Um, after a long time, he, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. There will be a settling of accounts. And this is what keeps me sober. A settling of accounts. And so he goes and, you know, he, he, uh, verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five, uh, uh, brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, well done, well done for having used and multiplied the gift of God. Well done for having having expounded and and um, been lavish with that which I've given to you. Work the gift within you. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful, faithful. That's the the ones that are faithful over a few things. I'll give you. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, look, Lord, there's joy in this presentation. When you've cultivated the gift of God, when you've gone and, and, and labored in the spirit before him for his instruction, for his lead, for his multiplication through you, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because see, both of them did according to their ability. God was looking for numbers. He was looking for multiplication according to their ability. Whose ability do we have now? Who we, we read about this ministry that we have now. The ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. And because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we're not to lose heart. We're not to be discouraged. We're not to give up and hide the gift of God. 
and hide it in, in, in the flesh, make our flesh so big, be unfasted. No restraint through the cross. Refuse to pick up the cross. Refuse to put on the whole armor of God. I just want to flesh up. I don't want to be like the world. I'm afraid as they are afraid. They're all afraid. I'm afraid. They all are struggling. I want to struggle too. I want to have a common ground with them. I want to have a conversation. Maybe, 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 I, maybe I'll say Jesus' name. I don't know. Don't hide in the world. That's the ground. So then we see 24. Sobriety comes in here. Then he, and it's amazing, you know, the, 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 uh, hoarding the gift of God and having no repentance. Explaining why he had a right to waste the gift of God. Feeling justified to be able to make this presentation, to show nothing for that which has entrusted you. Because those who've been given what a trust must prove faithful. That he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid. And went and hid your talent. How proper. I was afraid, God. I was afraid. Oh, I'm not going to go there. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. See, fear motivates you to hoard from God. To go into hiding and close your doors. As far as I'll go with that. Why? Because you're afraid. Not because you're not afraid. Because you want to do like everyone else does. That's in the flesh. I'm going to hide. I'm going to let the storm weather. And then maybe I'll pop my little head. Let me see, I've got a cute little face. So day of reckoning right now. If you've been hiding and afraid, time to come out. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Come out. And be found in the vineyard of the Lord. Serving your master. Because he's called you in this vineyard. And there's a great reward. The reward is him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of your Lord. He is your Lord. He said, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, 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 he says, there, you have what's yours. The audacity. He left them with an instruction. He delivered goods to them in the very beginning. If we go back to verse 14, according to their ability to produce for him. So at that moment, this one called God a liar. Oh, I know myself better than you do, God. I'm afraid. I'm going to hide. You don't know me, God. I got a gift. Oh, I don't have a gift, God. I'll just take it away. I'll take it away. But his Lord answered and said to him, look at this, you wicked and late, not, not nice words, not nice words you want to hear from Jesus. No, no, 
I'm not going to hear. I don't want to hear those words. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. God is about increase. The increase of his kingdom. He's not about decrease. You have to decrease in your flesh so he will increase. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. But doesn't finish there. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. I thought he doesn't have. No, he does have, but he's counting like he doesn't have it. Because it's to whom that doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. We have been entrusted with the most precious gift of the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God. Let us be found faithful to the end. And But look at verse 30. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast him where? Into the outer darkness, where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Actually, in Luke 19, 24 to 27, the same explanation of the parable of, of um, the same stories here of the talents. And there he says that he's an enemy of his. The one that did not produce. Let's put our eyes on it, and then that'll be the last verse. Luke 19. Actually, I think I might have a little something on it. Or maybe not. Oh, yeah, I did. Luke 19, 20. Where? Yeah. Let's go 24 to 27. And this is, this is again the same parable, but now Luke is saying it. And he said the words of Jesus. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has 10 minas. But they said to him, Master, he has 10 minas, meaning he's already got lots. You see, we don't think like God thinks, so we're going to renew our mind to think as he says, as he thinks. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here, but bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. What? So unless I choose to crucify my old nature, oh, I'm not going to go say, do you read for yourself what he says here? It says, bring those enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them. So unless we are working in his vineyard, bringing forth increase, yielding to the work of the Spirit, because really of ourselves we can do absolutely nothing, there's a great danger. And he, we, we know what he says elsewhere, depart from me, I never knew you. So be accountable to be found faithful. Take up to bring down. Take up to bring down. 
Oh, my dear. Okay, let's go. We've got to finish the better note here. Galatians 5.16. This is the way out right here. Galatians 5.16. The way out. The way out. The way out. We have to, we have to do it here. It's the Holy Spirit. The way out is the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit by whom we've been, we've been what? Sealed. Sealed. A guarantee has been given to us that we'll be able to do this. To the end, be faithful to him and his kingdom. Galatians 5.16 I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you do not, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, but if you're led by the Spirit, and we know in Romans 8 says those that are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God, right? We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, not the Spirit of bondage to the world. So, if we're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You're up above today. You're up above today. So you can take up to bring down. Hallelujah. We're done. We wrapped it up well. <laughs>